Dear fellow redeemed, we consider briefly our reading from Ephesians chapters 4 and 5. And as we begin, I guess the question is, have you ever experienced this? Have you ever experienced something that they they use the acronym FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out? Have you ever experienced the fear of missing out? Um, Perhaps it comes up, perhaps it comes up when you see when you see the news reports that a particular stock or other such investment is skyrocketing as though to the moon. And you think to yourself, well, my 401k has been puttering along at 4% for the last 15 years, and maybe I've missed out. The fear of missing out, FOMO. (laughs) When you're scrolling through Facebook and you had other plans, but then you you see the pictures, you see the smiling faces, you see the wonderful time that everybody else had, and you think to yourself, man, I missed out. FOMO. Or perhaps it's something a little bit more personal, a little bit more pertinent. The fear of missing out. Wondering, is this all that there is, or is there something more? Have I made all the right decisions in my life, or have I made some sort of misstep along the way? Because if I had pursued that career, or if I had moved to that town, or if I had made this or that decision along the way, then, then life would be different. Or more of a looking forward thing, you're at that crossroads now. You're getting toward the end of high school, or you're kind of at a dead spot in the career, or your employer gave you an opportunity to work from home for the last 18 months, or maybe just the industry has changed and your house is now worth 40% more than you paid for it three and a half years ago, or 10 years ago. And you're like, what should I do? What should I do? There's all these opportunities all these opportunities, all these choices that I could make and trying to balance them all, trying to weigh them all. This is a good option. That one's a pretty good option too. And what should I do? And then it sneaks up on you. FOMO. The fear of missing out. Almost this panic, like, I have to do something now. I have to make a move now. Or else, or else I'm going to miss out. The opportunity will be gone and I'll still be here. And I won't, have, I won't have the success. I won't have the friendships. I won't have the life of ease or prosperity. I won't have the relationship or the family that I want. I think when we put it in those terms, when you think about balancing different options and ideas as they come up, opportunities as they arise, that idea of the fear of missing out can creep up fairly easily. And one answer, this was probably about from six or seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, it was a popular hashtag for about two months, which is how hashtags normally work. (laughs) If you've got FOMO, then just YOLO, right? If you've got the fear of missing out, then whatever, just do it, because you only live once. You only live once. Well, make the most of the life that you have now, and all it is is picking up the the same philosophy that the Greeks had nearly 2,500 years previously. Let's eat, drink, and be merry. Let's, Let's do something today. You only live once, for tomorrow we die. 
And that's about the best answer that the world has. You only live once, so live like you're dying, as the country song says. Go skydiving and ride a bull, because that'll bring meaning to your life. And then you won't miss out. Because hashtag YOLO, right? But is it more than that? That fear of missing out. Not that you or I would sit back and say, um, I've got this incredible buffet of opportunities before me, but more so wanting more from what we see, wanting more from the effort that we know we put in, wanting more from the, the heart that we invest into our pursuits and our passions and our work and our efforts and not seeing it. And you get that sense of frustration. Like, it shouldn't be like this. And not that the idea creeps in as often as maybe when we were younger or had a tremendous life change that we were going through, um, but it's still, it's still there. That fear of missing out. That thought of, maybe I've missed the boat, I've missed my opportunity, and it has passed me by, and boy, oh boy, wouldn't things be different? if I had made some different choices along the way. And what's the answer? And why does this matter? Because Paul has spent uh, four chapters now, he spent four chapters describing who you are in Christ, that you are as, as different from the world around you as a fruit, piece of fruit on the counter that goes bad in about three and a half days. You're as different as the world around you as a piece of fruit from this electronic device you can keep in your pocket. That the fruit, that's about as good as it gets, but its glory fades very quickly and doesn't last very long. Whereas the device can be used for multiple purposes, can be used for communication, can be used to display God's glory. Why does this matter? Because Jesus has just spent three weeks, three weeks talking about what it means to find God's glory hidden in, in suffering and to find God's glory hidden under weakness, where he stands before these people that he had lived with and grown up with. He stands before these people after feeding them, and they're saying, I see the glory. He just fed us. We need a king like that. We need a king who's going to feed us so that we don't have to worry about anything. And maybe... Maybe this guy can snap his fingers and destroy all of our enemies and kick out the Romans. That's the kind of God we want. That's the kind of king I want. Somebody who's going to fix all my problems right now. Somebody who's going to make sure I never miss an opportunity in my life. Somebody who is going to cater to my every need and my every whim. And you know what? If I had a king like that, I would never miss out. Because that king, if he can provide food for 5,000 people or more, surely, surely he can address my deepest need of feeling like I'm missing out. And that applies for you and me as well. Because whether we recognize it, realize it from the beginning or not, that fear of missing out tries to steal the joy from our everyday. 
that fear of missing out constantly directs our eyes toward the success that we see, toward the relationships out there that look so much better than my relationships, toward the, the wise choices and the life of ease that it looks like everybody else has, toward the suffering that they don't have. And it leads to this one basic question, this one basic assertion that my God is holding out on me because, because I don't have that. That I have followed this Jesus, I have devoted my life to this Jesus, and maybe in some way I have missed out because of what I don't have because of what I was expecting, because of the choices that, man, I, mess, I messed up along the way and I made the wrong choice. That fear of missing out that just plays on, plays on our human weakness. And it's this idea that maybe, just maybe, God was asleep at the switch when there was that life-changing event when you needed some sort of direction for that opportunity, maybe, just maybe, that fear of missing out is true in my life and yours. That's what it feels like. And that's what Paul speaks to. He spent four chapters saying how you are different in Christ. And now he says, what now? He's talked about why we are different in Christ, that God chose you before the creation of the world to make you his own, that God brought you to faith in time through that very font of baptism or wherever else you were baptized, <laughs> that God did the work there, that God kept you, and that God has built you in, as a brick in his spiritual house. That's all the why. And then the second half, the last, really, the last two chapters of this book of Ephesians he gets into the question of, well, what now? Because the why says, dear friend, dear friend, you have not missed out. You have a Lord. You have a Lord who has paid attention to you from before he even said the word, let there be light. You have a Lord who gave himself for your sin and who talks about you being seated on a throne in heaven as though it has already happened. That's how sure and certain it is in his mind. And so he says, what now? Chapter 5, verse 8, that last paragraph of our reading. We'll just take a couple of those verses. Verses 8, 9, 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. He talks about, yes, he talks about why we are different. That we're as different as light is from darkness. But what now? He says, walk as children of the light. And the entire reading today really talks about that, what now? What does it mean to walk as a child of the light? It means letting go of the bitterness, rage, anger, quarreling, slander, along with every kind of malice. Ooh. Well, how can I do that? Because Jesus made you a child of the light. And that's who you are now. 
and the what now means that all of that bitterness, rage, anger, quarreling, grudge-holding probably had its root in FOMO to a greater or lesser degree. All of that bitterness, rage, anger, malice, quarreling, and grudge-holding really just another way of saying, you know what, I missed out, and the problem is there. The problem is this. The problem is you. And Jesus says, you know what? You haven't missed out one bit. Because God's greatest glory isn't seen in, in the, vi- the visible and the victorious and the powerful. That God's greatest glory wasn't there earlier in 1 Kings 6 with the feeding of the 5,000. His greatest glory wasn't in 1 Kings 18 with the fire falling from heaven. His greatest glory was later in chapter 6 where Jesus points to himself and says, I am the bread of life. His greatest glory was at the end of chapter 19 when Elijah had been crushed to the point of despair. And God said, you know what? There's a lot more going on here than you can see with your eyes. God says, you know what? My greatest glory isn't accomplished in in the falling of fire from the heavens. That his greatest glory is in creating and sustaining a people who are his very own and sustaining them not with great and powerful works and miracles, but through simple words, not some inner voice, because Elijah heard it, that God builds and sustains his people through that spoken word of God. There is God's greatest glory where even we, as the people of God, gather together and come together to to grieve with the, the grieving and to comfort one another, to sing the praises of Jesus. And the only reason we are here together is because God's greatest glory through his word has brought you here. That I wouldn't know you from Adam or Eve, except for the fact that Jesus bought you and made you his own. And he did the same for me. That each of us can say, you know what, God's greatest glory in my life isn't making sure that I missed out or didn't miss out on every single opportunity. God's greatest glory in my life isn't giving me this this career that has lasted 20, 30, 40, 50 years if God gives me the strength. God's greatest glory isn't making sure that I can retire early. God's greatest glory is in making me his own and leading me to treasure that truth above absolutely everything else that this world would have to offer. So you'd say, well, Pastor Hagen, sounds like you don't deal with FOMO at all. (laughs) The fear of missing out. Obviously, yes, because we're all sinful. But I like to see it from a different direction. That our Lord has continued to provide an incredible amount of opportunities to his church. And if my sinful flesh needs to experience a little bit of that fear of missing out so that my sinful heart gets out of the way and we can together do the work of our Lord, maybe that's a good place for FOMO, the fear of missing out. Because what I'm afraid What I'm most afraid of is that during this time of extended disruption over the last 20 months or so, I'm afraid that 
that our families have missed out from gathering together in worship. I'm afraid that in this culture where um, the only thing that really matters is what I feel in my heart today, and that might change tomorrow, I'm afraid that the only thing that matters um, and the culture that says that is going to lead in our children or our grandchildren missing out on on this blessing that Jesus promises. That the greatest glory of Jesus isn't seen in the visible and the victorious, but in the simple and the humble. And so perhaps spurred on by FOMO, or probably more likely spurred on by somebody else's great idea that I borrowed from somewhere else, (laughs) we're trying to address that. The fear of missing out. The fear of missing out of for our families. And the first thing is, this is a large book. It can even stand up by itself, hopefully. (laughs) We've got, I think, four more of these here, and we'll order as many as we need. This is a children's story Bible. And they always go on sale, like, for 30% off, so it's just a fantastic deal. And it's, um, it's got fantastic artwork, and it's got a short story that even our, our youngest can, can sit through, or at least our second youngest at the moment, can, can sit through and listen. And then the best part, after the, after the story and the picture that they can see, then it's got a couple of questions. Maybe a simpler question like, what were the names of the people in this story? Well, Adam and Eve. Uh, maybe a little bit more involved question that an older child could use. And then it's got an activity, and if you want to do the activity, then you can, or you can pass it by. And it's got a closing prayer. Because I'm afraid a little bit of our congregation and God's people missing out on the opportunities that he gives. And I think this is one way that we can help to combat that. Because, not YOLO, you only live once, well, you actually live twice. Or actually, you live forever. And that's what matters. That's what's valuable. That's one option. If you, don't have, if you have kids at home um, and you don't have one of these at home, grab one before you leave today. Second one. I think we have three more copies of, of this book. And it says for teens at the top. That's just to try to get um, teenagers to read it. But if you're not a teenager, it's certainly approachable, and it's not going to be below you. <laughs> All right? And this talks about a lot of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Uh, the title is, Who Am I? Understanding Your Identity in Christ Through Facts, Not Feelings. Because our kids are growing up in a world where everything around them says that your feelings are king and your feelings define who you are. And if you follow that path, all it's going to lead is the reality of FOMO and feeling like you missed out 40 or 50 years down the line. And what can we do to stop that and head that off before it becomes a train wreck? Well, this might be one. Grab a copy. We have a couple copies at the back there, and we can order more, or you can find it on Amazon. Because I guess there is a place for FOMO, for the Christian. Not driven along by, by guilt and blame and grudge. Not feeling like 
terrified and paralyzed as though, as though I have to make all the right decisions or my life is going to be a train wreck. And not even feeling like, even, <laughs> not even feeling as though the circumstances of my life means that I missed out on all of these blessings that would have been there otherwise. Because our Lord has promised that for you and for our fellow Christians, <laughs> there's more to life than YOLO. There's a life that goes on forever. And rather than judging God's goodness and God's grace and God's power and God's activity on the basis of what is visible and victorious, God says, set that aside and listen to my word. Because through Jesus, you'll never miss out. Amen. Amen.